Hey, good morning, Plum Creek. Great to see you guys here today. Happy Sunday. I want to welcome everyone, whether you're here in person or you're watching online. And man, I, I just have to say, before I say anything else, I want to say thank you to Troy Mower and Lori. Can we, can we just thank them together for their years of service here? We're going to have a chance to pray for them at the end of the service and send them off. But, uh, man, it has been such a privilege to, to serve alongside Troy and Lori for these past eight years. Well, we're in the second week of our sermon series called Life on Mission. And we're going through this series because we don't want to waste our lives. We want to be used by God for the purpose that he's given us, the purpose for which he created us. And today, we're looking into our homes, and we're asking, how can we be families on mission? And I can go ahead and answer that question. When your family is on mission, everyone in your home is living out God's calling. That's both individually and collectively. And yes, that is a high standard, uh, but we can all relax and take a breath because no one follows God's calling perfectly every day of the week. We all have growing to do. We also should remember that families come in all kinds of different forms. And here at Plum Creek, we have single adults. We have married couples with no kids. We have uh, homes with one parent, homes with two parents. We have uh, empty nesters, grandparents raising their grandkids. Family come in all different shapes and sizes, and we see that here in our church. Uh, in my case, over at the Hartley House, we currently have myself, my wife, Hannah, and our three kids, Luke, Kenna, and Leah Claire, who are 13, 11, and 9 years old, respectively. So we are in a super fun stage of life right now. It's also a challenging stage of life. If you showed up at our house unannounced, uh, I don't know exactly what you see. I, you could possibly see us laughing and having a good time, because that happens a lot. You could also see us arguing. You may see a few tears, uh, but I have to say, this has been a good week. I haven't cried at all, not once. <laughs> but the point is, no matter what your family looks like, no matter how your family is doing, this message is for you. We're going to look at some biblical principles that will be helpful for all of us. And speaking of biblical principles, I want to start with a verse that is a great foundation for anyone who's trying to be the family that God wants you to be. It's Matthew 6, Now, Jesus is speaking here, and he says, "...but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness." and all these things will be added to you. So what's Jesus talking about here? Well, let me give you a little context. Um, this verse is a part of the Sermon on the Mount, the most famous sermon that Jesus preached. And, and in this particular passage, Jesus is telling us that we don't have to worry. You don't have to worry about whether or not you'll have enough food, whether you'll have clothes, because if you put God and his kingdom above everything else, you can trust that God will take care of you. So that's his main point. But I want to take special notice of a particular word here. It's the word first. When you are a family on mission, 
Nothing else competes with God. Not work, not school, not sports, not fun, not friends, not even family itself. The top priority is God and His kingdom. And so this is our our big takeaway for today. Don't get pulled off course. In your home, seek the kingdom of God above all else. Now, of course, that's easier said than done because there are literally a million things that can pull you off mission. So how do we focus on the main goal? Well, first, it's good to know that we don't have to do this alone. If you have given your life to Jesus, you have the power of God's Holy Spirit living in you. And We've talked a lot about the Holy Spirit the past couple of months, and I can tell you this. When you put God's kingdom above all else, the Holy Spirit will lead you to be very intentional in the way you function as a family. And your family will function differently than families who are not seeking God first. And there are two aspects here. First, you're going to be intentional within your home. You'll also be intentional beyond your home. So let's, let's start on the inside. What should our families be doing within the home? Well, we don't all have kids at home right now, but I do want to take a couple minutes to focus on parenting. Several weeks ago, I talked about a spiritual crisis within the generation that's growing up right now. And with that in mind, parenting is more important than ever. There's a Bible verse that you hear a lot when, whenever this topic comes up. It's Proverbs 22.6, and a lot of you are familiar with this verse. It says, train up a child in the way he should go. And then even when he is old, he will not depart from it. Now, as we interpret this verse, I want to be very clear about something. Uh, Proverbs 22.6, it's not a promise that every well-trained child will grow up to follow uh, the way they were trained. Many will, but some won't. Because every individual makes their own choice about what to believe and how to live. So parents, you don't carry all the blame for how your child turns out. You also can't take all the credit either. But here's what this verse is saying. If you want to give a child every possible advantage in life, don't leave their spiritual development to chance. Don't say, hey kid, it's a big world out there. Just go find your own way. Figure it out. Now, don't do that. Some parents do, and it's a huge mistake. But, but here's the truth. Proverbs 22.6 tells us that children need intentional, sustained, God-dependent shepherding as they grow into adulthood. And I didn't come up with that wording. That's from Jason DeRoshi, who's a professor at Bethlehem College and Seminary. This is so critical. When we talk about becoming a family on mission, we need to pay special attention to those years when a child is growing up in the home. And why is that? It's because these are the golden years of influence. This is a time when a child is learning about the world, what it's all about. They're trying to figure out what's true and what's false and what's right and what's wrong. So this is a great window of opportunity, but we should always remember, this window is short. It's incredibly short. You may have heard a statistic that we've mentioned here before. 
Parents have approximately 936 weeks from the day a child is born until the day they uh, graduate from high school. And man, those weeks go by so quickly. Sometimes we illustrate this point with a jar of marbles, and each marble in this jar represents one week. So uh, when, you, when you start out, when the child is born, you have 936 marbles in the jar. But by the time your child enters elementary school, the number has already dropped to 676. And then when they, they get into middle school, the number drops again to 364. And as a parent of two middle schoolers, I don't like seeing that jar. But then finally, when the child enters high school, you're down to just 208 weeks left. So why is it important to look at these marbles? Well, it's important to count those weeks because the more you pay attention to the time you have left, the more likely you are to be intentional in the time you have today. So let's get serious. Let's be intentional. If you're a parent, what is the goal? Where's the destination? What kind of adults do we want our kids to become? Now, if you are not immediately ready to answer that question, I highly suggest that you get a clear plan. Just like we have a mission statement as a church, you can write a mission statement for your family. I'll give you an example of a family mission statement. This one comes from a minister named Tim Lucas. Uh, Tim and his wife worked on this together, and here's what they came up with. They said, we want our kids to grow up to be responsible, kind, compassionate adults who love Christ, share God's heart for the world, and use their gifts to serve others. And then we want to be friends. Man, I love that. And do you notice what is not in that mission statement? It doesn't say anything about being valedictorian. It doesn't say anything about getting a great scholarship, getting a great job, getting a nice house, or having uh, lots of those things that parents tend to want for their kids. It doesn't even say we want our kids to be happy. Now, of course, there's nothing wrong with those things. But like we said earlier, We don't want to get distracted. We want to remember what's most important. So what if your child grows up to be rich, successful, and even happy if they're not following Jesus and they're not living out God's calling on their life? It's like what Jesus said in Matthew 16, 26. He asked this question. He said, For what will it profit a man if he gains the whole world and forfeits his soul? So if our top priority is raising kids who are uh, healthy, happy, and successful, if that's it, we're messing the mark. Let's identify the mission. Let's identify the future that God wants for every son and every daughter. And there are some things we know. We know that God wants them to to love Him and love people. We, we know that he wants them to follow Jesus and use their gifts to make a difference for his kingdom. So how do we point them in that direction? Back in June, I led something that we call Parent and Me Camp. It was down at Camp Northward. And, and I love this. It's such a unique experience because parents and kids attend together. And the goal is to pass on our faith in Jesus to the next generation. Now, at this year's camp, I asked for a little help. 
Adam and Andrew DeRico, if you guys can kind of make your way up here. Uh, Adam and Andrew are members of Plum Creek. They're the sons of Nathan and Elizabeth DeRico, who are also members here. Nathan is actually an elder. Uh, they both graduated from Pendleton County High School earlier this year. They're currently attending Johnson University. Uh, and I have been so impressed with these guys. I've been especially impressed with their faith in Christ. So I asked them to speak at camp. I said, hey, guys, could you just share what was it that was helpful to you in your home as you grew up? What helped you in your journey to become the follower of Jesus that you are today? And they did such a great job speaking at camp. I asked them if they would come here today and share it with all of you. So we're going to hear from Andrew first and then Adam. And let's go ahead and give them a big welcome. Thanks, Doug. Thanks, Doug. So, um, like Doug said, if you don't know me, my name's Andrew Dorico. Um, if you call me Adam, it's okay. You won't be the first, or <laughs> you wouldn't be the first, certainly not the last. Um, and like Doug said, I just graduated from Pendleton County High School this past spring, and I'm now a freshman at Johnson University um, studying music technology and Bible and theology. And also, for those of you that don't know, my dad is Nathan Dorigo, and he's the executive director at Camp Northward, which is just south of Falmouth, a couple miles off of 27. And before this past summer camp season, um, in the winter and the spring, I traveled to some supporting churches with my dad um, where he would share from God's Word and give some updates about camp. And one of the main points of his sermons when he was preaching in the supporting churches was to talk about the mission of camp and what camp was intentional about doing um, in the lives of the kids that attended in the summer. And his main visual and, and one of his main points for his message was two sliders, and one of the sliders represented turning down the influence of the world, and the other slider represented turning up the influence of God's Word. And I think that camp does an extraordinary, an extraordinary job doing that. Um, I've experienced it myself as a camper and as a staff member, um, but as I was, I was thinking about that and meditating on it, I also thought that mom and dad growing up um, for me and my brothers, did a really good job being intentional about having that mission in our household. Um, so how did they do that? Um, to turn down the influence of the world in our house, um, well, everything that they did to turn down the influence of the world certainly didn't make me popular growing up in school. Um, sometimes it definitely did the opposite, which um, sometimes was the source of some of my angst. But um, I see the blessing in it now. And so, um, very often, Mom and Dad monitored what we watched on TV and the music that we listened to. And um, so, before we watched a movie or a TV show or listened to new music, they would um, watch it and listen to it themselves and screen it for content that they didn't want us to be exposed to, messages from the world that weren't healthy for our minds and our hearts. And that didn't make me popular at school because I couldn't talk about new shows with my friends or new music. But at the same time, the, 
the influences from the world um, weren't affecting me in the same way they were my friends. Um, another thing I remember pretty vividly um, were technology fasts. So we would, we would um, take entire weeks where we didn't have TV, we didn't use computers or cell phones or social media or video games. And I think Dad probably started these um, in weeks where there was a little too much brotherly love, you know, like we are a little too nasty with each other. Uh, <laughs> and, and we set aside that time intentionally to invest in each other, in our relationships, in our faith. And we were actually forced to do things with each other, like play outside and, and play board games and things of that nature. Um, another thing they did, um, which was pretty, it was pretty big for me, and I think my little brothers are, will feel this more than I did, is that we weren't allowed to have a phone until eighth grade. Um, and some kids are like, oh, that's crazy, what? <laughs> but it really, looking back, it really kept us from being tempted um, by things we could access online, things that we could see and hear um, that really weren't healthy for us. And in all of those things, uh, mom and dad did a really good job explaining to us why we didn't watch or listen to certain things and why we didn't act a certain way. So on the flip side, um, turning things that mom and dad did to turn up the influence of God's word, um, they always encouraged us, um, since we were, were born, really, to go to church and be involved in youth groups where we could have a Christian community of believers of the same age and also believers who were older than us that could mentor us and speak truth into our lives. And they also encouraged us to go on um, retreats with our youth groups and summer camps and um, along those lines also encouraged us to read our Bibles and pray regularly. Um, and this next thing I really miss doing, actually. We started um, in the first day of kindergarten for Adam and I, and we ended the last day of senior year this past spring. Um, every morning we would pray before school. So around seven o'clock when everybody was ready um, and we were getting ready to go our separate ways, we'd all stand in the kitchen and hold hands and um, take turns praying. So I would pray on Monday, Adam would pray on Tuesday, Caleb on Wednesday, and so on. And I really, I really enjoyed that. And I think that practice helped center our, our, center our minds and focus our hearts on, on who we were and whose we were, um, on what, what our mission and focus was for the day, um, who we were living um, for and who we were representing, and that, that made a big impact on me growing up. Um, and also along the same lines, um, we would also pray before we went on long car trips, and I was just thinking about that as Adam and I came home from Johnson this weekend because um, we, we got in the car and buckled in, and I was like, oh, well, we should pray. We always did that when we did long car trips as a family. Um, and as we go back to Johnson tonight, I expect that we'll do the same thing. So um, just to recap, um, growing up, mom and dad really set Adam and I up for a strong faith in Christ um, by turning down the influence of the world 
and turning up the influence of God's Word and being really intentional with both of those things. Ditto. No, just kidding. That, that was a dare, actually. Um, but I do, I wholeheartedly agree with everything he said. Um, I think one thing in particular that we did in order to turn down the influence of the world, turn up the influence of God's Word, is service. Um, and I'll preface this by saying most of the time we didn't like it. Like, it wasn't something that we enjoyed doing most of the time. But in three, three major ways, we'd serve our family, our church, and others. Um, so serving, serving our family, like Andrew said, we'd always pray before school. Um, we would, they taught us very importantly um, to how to clean and clean well in the house. I remember, Dad still doesn't like me saying this, I once, like, wiped off the kitchen table for an hour straight before he was satisfied with the job I did. Um, I'm still upset about that, actually. But, um, and then serving our church. So before Dad was a camp director, he was the minister at a church in Ohio. So we were always at church setting up tables, chairs, cleaning up, um, doing all sorts of things. Again, didn't always enjoy it, but it was a very important thing because that's what God calls us to do. He calls us to, to serve and everything. Um, and then serving, serving others. Never, like, we never passed up an opportunity to go and do things for other people that they needed. Um, we go shovel driveways. In the wintertime, it actually snowed up there in Ohio, so that was kind of weird. Um, but, yeah, shoveling driveways, bringing food to people. Um, they always made it, they taught us that it was really important. Whatever we do, we always serve others. It's not for our glory, not for our benefit. It's for God's glory to show his name. Um, my grandma often told this to my dad growing up, and that's what dad tells us. Remember who you are and whose you are as a, as a Dorico and as a, a, as a Christian, a follower of Jesus. So I just want to thank you for letting us share. Yeah. And I don't know about you. I, I am so encouraged by these guys. I'm also inspired by these guys. And I need to reiterate, you know, you can do a great job pointing your kids to Jesus. And, and they make their own choice. So it's not all on your shoulders. But we do want to set them up with every possible advantage and give them that spiritual direction. And continue to pray for them long after they're out of the home. So if you have kids at home right now and you want to be more intentional, I have to mention an opportunity that's coming one week from today. Uh, Jimmy Ranshaw, our next-gen minister, is hosting a meeting called Parent Connect. And this is happening uh, Sunday at 11 a.m. over at the Life Center. And Jimmy's going to lead a discussion about how we can help our kids know and follow Jesus. So if you're interested, you can sign up at plumcreek.org slash parentconnect. So we've talked about parenting, but let's widen the circle a little. Let's look at some practical ways to become a family on mission, no matter where you are in life. Kids, no kids, married, not married. Uh, this is for everyone. And I have three steps that we all need to take. See, a family on mission follows God's calling in three directions. Upward, inward, and outward. And let's take a quick look at each of these separately. First, upward. What's that about? Well, this is about your vertical relationship with God. And we can evaluate that vertical relationship using the verse that we read earlier, Matthew 6, But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, 
and all these things will be added to you. So this is our big takeaway. Put God first. Put his kingdom above everything else. And like I said earlier, that's easier said than done. So how do we get there? Well, let's remember what we talked about last week. What is the greatest commandment in all of Scripture? Jesus said the greatest commandment is to love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, with all of your mind, and all of your strength. And that's the key here, because you will never seek God first until you love Him with all of your heart. And uh, this can be a real challenge, because what if you don't feel that love for God? How can anyone command you to love someone? I have a a ridiculous illustration here. I know it's ridiculous, but just go with me. Let's imagine that I give you a potato, and I tell you, hey, I command you to love this potato. And then you go away for a few days, and and then you come back later. What are you going to say? You're probably going to say, hey, Doug, I tried. I'm sorry. I just don't love the potato. So that's ridiculous, but I'm making a real point here. Because what if you don't feel that love for God? Is the command going to make a difference? Well, this is is what we we understand from the Bible. 1 John 4.19 puts it like this. We love because He first loved us. That's where it started. God loved you first. And how do we know that? We know it because of Romans 5.8. But God demonstrates His own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. So Jesus sacrificed his life. He paid the penalty for our sins. Why did he do that? Because of God's love for us. When did he do that? That's very important here. While we were still sinners. When when you were out there being a complete idiot in total rebellion against God and nothing personal against you, I did the same thing. But when we were in that state, God already loved us. Nothing we could have done would have canceled out his love for us. So, when you realize what Jesus has done for you, when you accept the gift of grace that God has offered to you, when when you receive that gift of forgiveness and salvation and eternal life, what's your response? The only response that makes sense is gratitude and love. Love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, with all of your mind, and all of your strength. And when you have that genuine love for God, you will seek Him first. Put His kingdom above everything else. And when you seek God first, people will notice. They'll see that there's something different about you. And one place they'll see that difference is in your home. This is where we move from that upward direction to an inward direction. This is about the horizontal relationships in your family. When you love God, He empowers you to love others. And that especially goes for your family. The Holy Spirit enables husbands and wives to serve each other with the attitude of Christ. He enables parents to lead their children well, to be a good example. He enables children to respect, honor, and obey their parents. He enables single adults to build a spiritual family that becomes just as important as any biological or nuclear family. Now, there is much, much more we could say about these inward relationships, but for the moment, 
It's important for us to know within our families, we can encourage each other to move in that third and final direction. If we're going to be a family on mission, we have to follow God in all three of these directions, upward, inward, and outward. This outward direction is where you get intentional beyond your home. Ephesians 2.10, uh, the, the Apostle Paul says this, For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. So every adult in your home, every child in your home, was created by God and shaped by God to do the good things that he calls you to do. And what does he call you to do? Well, he calls you to share his love with others, to to build his kingdom. He calls every follower or disciple of Jesus to go into the world and make more disciples. Now, that may sound like a lot, especially if your life is already full How do you add God's mission and his calling to your long list of responsibilities? Uh, A lot of us don't know how to make that work. But this is one of the main goals of this sermon series. Next Sunday, everybody at Plum Creek will have an opportunity to get on board with God's mission. And this is not about adding something to your already busy life. It's about incorporating his mission into the regular rhythm of what you're already doing. Next week, in our worship service, we're going to invite you to accept a kingdom challenge. Up at the front of the room here, there there will be a bunch of envelopes. And inside every envelope, there will be a special mission, a kingdom challenge. And they won't be the same. There will be lots of different challenges. Some will have a local focus and some will be global. And, and you get to choose which one, local or global. But here's the thing. When, when you take one of those envelopes, you won't know what's inside until you open it. And then when you open it, you'll, you'll find a, a challenge that you're supposed to complete within 60 days. And I can promise you this, your challenge will help you be a family on mission, help you make a difference for God's kingdom. So again, that's next week. Today, though, I want to give you the challenge before the challenge. I want to encourage you to pray about this every day. Pray about whether or not you'll accept the challenge, not mandatory, (laughs) and then pray that God will lead you to whatever it is that he wants you to do right now. I believe God is going to use our church and use our families in a powerful way. I'm so excited about this. Let's pray. Father, we look to you. We we don't want to waste our lives. We we want to to fulfill the mission and purpose that, that you've given us. But Lord, we need your help. And sometimes, Lord, we, we need to be challenged and encouraged and inspired. And I pray that's happened today through your word and, and, and through the stories of, uh, of people like Andrew and Adam. And Lord, I pray that we will be a church that is willing to take steps of faith however you lead us, whether it's comfortable or not. I pray uh, for our families to just grow this week, to, to be families on mission. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.